Anybody have a thought about, uh, besides faith, uh, what or who I might be talking about today? That's right, two points. If you've been coming to LifeSpring at all, you know that today I'm talking about Jesus. And let's be honest, no matter how it's going, no matter how you came in today, no matter how you came into this week, no matter how your life has gone, can we just all agree that today we need Jesus? We need him so very much, and it would be appropriate that I'd be talking about him today. But let's be honest, we just don't want to talk about him. We want to hear from him. So would you bow your heads? Father God, Holy Spirit, we thank you for who you are. Would you begin to just speak a better word over our lives? You know what we need. You know our anxieties, our fears, our worries. You know our heartbreak. You know our sorrow. You know our victories. You know our defeats. But God, would you just begin to minister to our hearts for your kingdom and for your glory. God, we don't just need the words of a mere man today. We need Heavenly Father's words. So in the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, come and speak to us. We are listening. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, the Christmas season is here, whether you like it or not, whether you like the songs or not. I mean, here we go. It is all around us. Have any of you put up your decorations yet? Raise your hand. Anybody? Yeah. How's it going? Did you have to buy some new lights? Right? Isn't that the most frustrating thing? You plug in the light. You're like, oh, come on. And then have you ever done the thing where you just start hitting the lights and then they turn on? We did that. We were shaking them. We were like, oh, it's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> oh, but I love all the things about Christmas. Different people like different things. Some of us, it's putting up the Christmas tree. There's a whole debate whether it's a real tree or a fake tree. Anybody real tree in here? Anybody fake tree in here? Look at that, right? It's, that's like, you know, blue and red states. I mean, we're divided, like fake or real. It's singing the music. It's... Doing all the things. We went to, okay, we were in Astoria, but we went down to Seaside, and we went to the Santa Parade, which was a lot of fun down in Seaside, Oregon. It's fun. It's the parties. It's the lights. It's the movies. Anybody have a favorite Christmas movie? Wonderful Life. Anybody else? Christmas Story. Yes. The Lamp, right? Fajile. Elf, Elf, yeah, Elf is another dividing line. Some people really like Elf. Other people like, get me away from Elf. But it's the world's best cup of coffee. But I'll tell you, even with all that, I got two little princesses, Ava and Addie Birch. And you know their favorite part. Well, besides not having to go to school, they like that part as well. But by far their favorite part is the gifts, right? The gifts, the, the presents under the tree. When I was a little boy... Oh, man, I had the toughest time going to sleep Christmas Eve at night. Anyone know what I'm talking about, right? I mean, you're just like, he's coming, he's coming. And then mom and dad said, if I don't go to sleep, he's not coming. So go to sleep, go to sleep. I'm not asleep yet. He's not coming. Oh, the stress of Christmas Eve night. But it's the presents, right? That's what got me up at the crack of dawn Christmas morning. We got to wake up. The presents are here. But a funny thing happens, some of you might agree with this, I, I, maybe uh, I'm alone on this, but the older I get, I, I'm just being honest, nowadays, the gifts, the presents, they just don't do much for me. I, I don't need that, I'm, I'm good. But I will say this, it's cliche, maybe you think it's corny, but this is true for my life, it's a flat out truth, that there is one gift that I want to receive again this year, and I want to receive it again and again, afresh and anew. 
the gift of Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. The priceless, eternal, everlasting gift of Jesus. I receive you today, Lord. That's a gift I daily want to receive in my life. He's the perfect gift. Now, you can buy me, if you want, the peanut brittle. And and there's two kinds of peanut brittle, I've noticed. There's the soft kind and the hard kind. I will eat both. Uh, It's sugar, right? But the soft peanut brittle. If you've had the soft peanut brittle, it's it's next level. You could buy that. You could buy me the cozy sweater. I like a sweater. Uh, I had a red sweater back in the day. I've had to graduate from the red sweater to this sweater. But I like it. I like a cozy sweater. You can get me a sweater. Sleepy Monk Coffee. I love Sleepy Monk Coffee. Have you had Sleepy Monk Coffee? Go to Cannon Beach, down in Cannon Beach. It's the best coffee you've ever had. Sleepy Monk. You can get me Sleepy Monk Coffee. But as much as I might want those things, I don't need any of them. I don't need it. I don't need it. All I need is Jesus. The hope, the joy, the peace, the love, the salvation, the life that only Jesus can bring. I mean, come on, this world right now is freaking out. They are running around like little ants trying to buy a bunch of gifts, spending money that they don't have. But I don't need any of that. Just give me Jesus, right? You can have all this world, but give me Jesus. I love how the Apostle Paul talks about this gift we have in Jesus. He says in Ephesians 2, he says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. You heard this one before? By grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is what? Yeah, it's the gift of God, not by works, not by works, so that no one can boast. It's the gift by grace through faith that you and I have been saved. This great unearned gift that is found in Jesus. And because of this gift, no matter what happens today, no matter what happens tomorrow, no matter what happens in this Christmas season, no matter what happens with One Hope joining Livestream, like no matter what happens, nothing and no one can take that gift away from me. I've got Jesus, the greatest gift of all. <laughs> you know, with everything going on these days, maybe you can relate to this one. But I don't know about you, I, I am just holding on to the gift of Jesus as tight as I can. Anyone know what I'm talking about? With the chaos of this world, I am stubbornly saying, like, you know what? You cannot take this away from me. Does anyone have that fire in them today? I mean, come on. Like, it's just like, no. You can, yeah, that was a great shot, but you still cannot take him away from me. But aren't you thankful, church, that even when you are weak, even when the grip strength of your fingers begins to fade away and you can no longer hold on to him, that he is holding on to you. Again, he is the greatest gift of all. Jesus, he says, I am the way. Remember this? He goes, I am the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. And no one gets to the Father except through me. That's the gift I'm excited about today. And I receive him again and again and again and again. There's four Gospels in the Bible. We got Mark, Matthew, Luke, John. John, it's written by one of Jesus' closest friends, right? He's pretty tight with Jesus, one of his three, uh, with uh, being a pretty close disciple. But this is what he writes about Jesus at the very beginning of his gospel account. Again, he's talking about Jesus. He says, But to all who did receive him, received Jesus, and to all who believed in his name, in the name of Jesus, he gave what? He gave them the right to be children of God. I hope you caught that. This is really important today. It's a free gift. There's nothing you can do to earn the gift. But you've got to receive the gift. 
Understand what I'm saying right there, right? It's a free gift. There's nothing you have to do to earn the gift, but you have to receive the gift. You have to receive him and believe in him. Like the gift is just sitting there, like the free gift of salvation. He paid the price. He said, it is finished. All the life, all the things that are found in Jesus, it's sitting there waiting for you. But you have to receive him and believe in him. And today, I I just believe some of you are going to do that for the first time, maybe. But then a lot of us, we would say, or maybe even most of us, we'd say, well, I'm a, I'm a Christian. But let's be honest. I, I, I don't know this. I'm not your judge. But if, if you really take inventory, you know that your relationship with God has grown a little stale. You'd never admit it, right, to your spouse or to your friends. But the relationship you have, it's grown a little cold. And you know, like right now, as I'm blabbing away, you know that in your heart you need the warmth and the fire of His presence again. You need to receive and believe in Jesus again. You need Jesus. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Remember that one? He says, if you remain in me and I in you, you're going to bear much fruit. That's encouraging, right? Hey, I'm Jesus. And He says, hey, if you remain in me and I in you, you're going to have a great life. You're going to bear a lot of fruit. And don't you want to live a fruitful life, right? Where the people around you are like, man, I just love being around Joe. I love being around Sam. Like, just fruitful life. But he says, apart from me, you can do what? How much can you do apart from him? You can do nothing. Apart from him, you can do nothing. So receive and believe. But to truly receive and believe, I've noticed this as well in my life. Maybe you've noticed this. To receive and believe Jesus in your life, it takes a whole lot of faith. It takes like a whole lot of faith. In fact, I, I hang out with people that aren't Christians, and, and I, I'll hear some, some kind of dialogue goes like this. Well, I mean, Pastor, I, I mean, hear what you're saying, but I just don't know. Like, I can't see him. Like, receive and believe in what? Like, he, he's not here. Like, where is he? I, I'll never forget in college, I was uh, hanging out with my girlfriend's grandparents, and we're sitting at the dinner table, and I'm trying to be a witness. So I'm like, you know, and I'm a follower of Jesus. And they just started laughing at me, and they said, well, where is he going? <laughs> yeah, and that's how it went. And I was like, oh, well, you know, then I'm like, oh, well, he's, I'm. They were mocking me, church. They were mocking what? They were mocking my faith. My faith. They were mocking my faith. But this is real. Like to... Truly receive him as king, right? Receive him. He's saying, you know, I put my life in a posture of receiving you as my Lord, like I'm going to do what you asked me to do. To truly believe in him as Savior, believe that he did what he said he was going to do. Uh, Again, that's going to take faith. How's your faith tank today, church? Is it overflowing? Is it full? Or do you feel like you're maybe running on empty? I want to remind us, more than anything today, I just want to remind us today that followers of Jesus, hear my words today. If you're a follower of Jesus today, you are a person of faith. Believe in the Lord. Believe in the Lord. You're you're actually born into this long legacy of faith for thousands of years. Long before Jesus was born in that manger, we were a people of faith, right? God's people, the people of Israel. They, you, you read the stories, right, of God's people. You read the stories, even in the midst of hard situations, tough circumstances, the darkest days. There were men and women 
of faith who believed and put their faith in God. I think about those poor prophets, right? The prophets in the Old Testament, you ever read their books? They're, they're intense. They're kind of hard to even get through, but they were walking through a lot. Think about Jeremiah. Like, poor Jeremiah. He's ridiculed. He's scorned. He's thrown into a pit. And yet, how? just look at the faith of Jeremiah. He had faith in God. Or Noah. You, you love the story of Noah because he was building that boat. How many years? Like year after year after year, he's building a boat with no rain. Can you imagine? Uh, Oh, the things we would, you know, like, are you kidding me? The scorn, the mockery. And yet he kept his faith in God. One of my favorite men of faith is Abraham. Because Abraham, he obeyed the call to go. Though the Bible says he obeyed and he went with faith in God. Even though, remember this part? Even though he did not know where he was going. But yet he had faith in God. Talk about faith. Again, I want you to hear that right now. If you're a Christian in this room, you and I, we are born into a rich legacy of faith. In the Christmas story in Luke chapter 2, we have Simeon. Uh, Listen to this about Simeon. There's a man in Jerusalem called Simeon. He was righteous. He was devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. So he had this faith. That he was going to see. That Messiah was coming and he was going to see it with his own eyes. We actually know that Simeon gets the whole Jesus. Isn't that awesome? And he gets to bless both Jesus and his parents. Or the prophet Anna. Anna in the Bible we're told she's an 84 year old widow. And catch this. She never left the temple. It says she was fasting and she was praying. She was worshiping night and uh, night and day. The Bible says that she was looking forward to Messiah's coming. She was looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. She had faith for what was coming. Hebrews 11 gives us this long list of men and women of God who had faith in God. They believed that something was coming. Something of God, something of his kingdom was coming. It was on the way. Right there at the beginning of Hebrews 11, it says, now faith, you've heard this before, but hear it again. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Say it with me, church. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Yeah, we don't see it, but we believe it. With assurance, we believe it's coming. In fact, I believe that about faith. Faith says, you know what? It's going to happen. Even though I don't see it, even though I don't feel it, I know it's going to happen. I, I love that song, right? Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. We just have this faith, again, a faith that God is moving. This isn't based on your emotions. It's not based on how Pastor Dan is feeling. It's just the truth of believing God is going to do what God said he's going to do. And so whether you're Jeremiah stuck in the cistern, Noah building the big boat, Abraham walking, not knowing where you're going, Simeon, Anna, anybody else who follows the Lord, we live by faith. We're confident God is going to do what God said he's going to do, even when we don't see it. In fact, my dad would always tell me this. He goes, if you saw it, it wouldn't be faith. He'd say that all the time. He goes, if you saw it, everybody would believe. But you have to have faith. Faith Faith is believing for something we just said it out loud that we currently do not see with our natural eyes. And here's the deal. That can be challenging at times. Like, can we take off the Christian helmet for just a second and be honest that faith can be hard. Faith can be challenging. 
And I'll just put this one on me. I won't even start talking about you. I'm just going to talk about me. It's challenging because in my flesh, I do want to see it. I think I want to see it. Like, we know that's probably not going to work out too well if I saw it all, but I think I want to see it. Like, God, could you just help me out? Like, I just want to know. Like, I just want to know. If I, if I would see it, God, like, if you just show me, God, oh, man, I would be all in. You ever done that prayer with the Lord? If you just show me, oh, man, I would jump into the deep end. God, if you could just kind of show me on the iPhone map, you know, the red pen. Like, just show me the red pen, like the destination. Show me the red pen, and then I'm following hard after you, Jesus. Or the, or the weather app. If you just showed me the weather app and said, hey, like heavy rains are coming. Yeah, okay, I'll build the boat. <laughs> I'll build the boat. Just show me with my eyes what you're up to, and then I'll jump in. I will give it all for you. I just want to see. But that's not Christianity, Life Spring. That's not Christianity. We don't live by what we see. Instead, what? We live by what? What do we live by? It's a big box back here. What do we live by? Faith. We live like a young girl who is pregnant with child, traveling to Bethlehem for a census with Joseph. I mean, think of all the emotions, the fears, the worries, and yet she believed. She put her faith in God. Now, by the way, Mary was messy. She wasn't perfect through it all. She wasn't. Because remember, when the angel first appeared to her, what was her response? She was afraid. How do we know she was afraid? Because the angel's first words were what? Yeah, fear not. Don't be afraid. The angel told her what was going to happen. Said, hey, you're going to conceive a child. What was Mary's response? What? (laughs) Mary doubted. But she was like, what? How can this be? I am a virgin. I don't know if you know how this works, but it can't happen. And yet, the angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. She And she who was said to be unable to conceive, she's already in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. Hallelujah. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answers. May your word to me be fulfilled. How did she respond, church? She responded in faith. Even in that moment, though she couldn't see it with her own eyes, right? Again, how can this be? I'm a virgin. And yet she puts her faith, she puts her trust in God. Right now, at whatever time it is, that clock, I don't, I don't know how to read military time. <laughs> but right now, you've got something going on in your life, and this resonates, doesn't it? Like you feel this in your heart. There's something going on right now in your life where you're just like, I don't know how this is going to happen. I don't know how this is going to happen. And yet it's right there. And whatever you're walking through, I just declare this over your life. It's right there. You're going to decide. You're going to choose. And you're going to be confident that I am a follower of Jesus. And you can mock me and ridicule me all you want. But I am a person of faith. And I will live by faith. Even when I don't feel it. Even when I don't see it. I believe that my God is working for His glory and for my good. Amen? 
We all know what the Apostle Paul tells the church in Corinth, right? We walk by faith and not by sight. The New Living Translation, I love this. It says, for we live by believing. That's how we live. We live by believing and not by seeing. So again, we don't let how we feel or see dictate who we are. I was thinking about this week. This has been a tough season for things like this, like the gathering, like humans and believers gathering together. And there's a lot of reasons why different people haven't been able to join us in the public gatherings. And I'm so thankful for the technology that we have that allows people to remotely gather with us during this season. But even with that, come on. The lack of gathering has had a very negative impact on so many lives. Countless lives. Thousands of lives. Because you've got to remember, one of the main reasons that we gather, this is so important, church, one of the main reasons we gather on a Sunday morning, why we gather throughout the week, it is actually, and there's a lot of reasons, but one of the main reasons is actually to encourage one another in the faith. Did you know that? It's actually not about you. It's about us. It's about the community of God, to encourage one another. And we need this, because everyone in this room in different ways and at different levels, is going through something pretty hard. Some of you have walked through just tremendous, heavy loss. You've had to say goodbye to someone you deeply and dearly loved. Many of you, I just heard this week, you're going through serious health issues. Like, it's not good. You're walking through it. Or here's one for you. We just celebrated Thanksgiving. And some of us, like, it was awesome, and praise the Lord for cranberry sauce and smoked turkey. Like, I love smoked turkey, but... Family? Could everyone honestly say, yeah, just praise the Lord for grumpy Uncle Bill and negative Nancy? Like, right? Like, man, just Thanksgiving, it brings up, it just stirs up all those wounds, all those hurts, all the just the pain of broken and fractured relationships. It, it can be exhausting. But you see, when you receive the gift of Jesus into your life, you actually become a part of the body of Christ. It's so beautiful. And when we gather by the Spirit of God as the body of Christ, these are now holy moments. Right now, like as I'm talking, this is a sacred moment in the presence of God where you and I can encourage one another in the faith. Listen to how Paul talks about it. This is at the beginning of Romans. I love this. He goes, I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. Go ahead and keep that up on the screen. I love it. He he goes, there's something about seeing you face to face that I can't just do wherever I am right now, but I have to see you because I see that you're weak, but there's something that I can impart into you. Like when we gather, again, church, come on. When we gather, there's something that I can impart to you to make you strong. But he goes on to say, he goes, that is that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. So he says, it's not even just about me imparting something to you, but you have something to impart into me. Did you catch that church? Please catch this church because so many people I've been doing this for 17 years But people come to church like it's some great obligation and chore when the apostle paul says no It is my great joy to gather with you It's my joy to meet with you. I long to meet with you I long to gather with you that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, to encourage each other in the faith. 
Man, if you've been feeling negatively at all about this, like the gathering with others, like some obligation, some chore, uh, that is serious. Take that to the Lord and you ask him for an attitude adjustment. Because as we head into 2022, we're going to need encouragement like never before. We need to stand in the gap for each other like never before. And so when the person next to you feels weak, and we all feel weak from time to time, but when the person next to you feels weak, you can say, hey, look at me. Look at me, child of God. You are dearly loved. You are dearly loved by God, and you're dearly loved by me. And you've got this. You can do this. Hallelujah. You're a mighty man of God. You're a mighty woman of God. I'm praying for you. We can do this, church, to encourage each other mutually, build each other up in the faith. Remember, faith is so important. There's several times, I think in Romans 1, Galatians 3, somewhere in Hebrews, it tells us that the righteous live by faith. We hear it again and again and again. That's you. (laughs) You're the righteous. The ones who have been declared righteous by the blood of Jesus. And the righteous live by faith. And right now it feels like everything around us, including the devil himself, he's attacking right there. You just see it. Like, it's so obvious to me. He's attacking us right there at the place of our faith. But remember, the righteous live by faith. That's who we are. Again, the Bible says it's impossible to please God without what? Without faith. So let's be wise. Let's continue to place ourselves in environments and atmospheres like this. Again, whether it's online or in person, do what you got to (laughs) do. Do what you got to do so that your faith can be strengthened and encouraged. I want to close with this. I love this story. There's a great exchange. I think it's John 20. It's between Thomas and Jesus. And if you remember, the disciples, they're kind of excited. They come to Thomas and they're telling Thomas like, yeah, we've seen the Lord, Thomas. And Thomas is like, Uh, have you like the poor guy forever the history of this earth he will be known as what as doubting thomas oh poor guy but he gives this great line he goes no 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 unless i see the this is what he sounded like unless i see the nail marks in his hands and put my fingers where the nails were and put my hand in his side i will not believe There's still a lot of people like that today, right? In 2021. Like, no, I, again, show me, where is he going? Where are you? You know, like, I don't believe, you know, there's a lot of people like that. But look what happens. A week later, his disciples were in the house again. Thomas is there. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came in and stood among them. Well, that's pretty cool. But he says, peace be with you. (laughs) He goes in the door. Peace be with you. Now, Thomas. Right? Peace be with you. Hey, Thomas, get over here. And he just loves Thomas. You just see how much he loves Thomas. He said, hey, Thomas, come over here. <laughs> Put your finger here. <laughs> see my hands? Reach out your hand, Thomas. Put it in my side. Stop doubting and believe, Thomas. Right? I mean, you can just see the love of God. Just like, stop doubting and believe. And Thomas says, oh, my Lord. And oh, my God. Jesus says, blessed. He says, because you have seen me, you have believed. But he says, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Did you catch that, church? 
says, because you've seen me, you have believed. But blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Some of you might be feeling a little defeated today. But I want to declare this over your life. Blessed are you who have not seen and yet believe. God bless you. May God richly bless you. And yes, your your faith has been tested. But blessed are you who continue to hold on. Blessed are you, though you've never touched his hands, you've never touched his side. But blessed are you who believe. And yeah, maybe you haven't been perfect. Maybe it's feeling a little messy. But come on, at the end of the day, you're here. You're here. Some of us are so good at the negative self-talk and the negative shaming and all those types of things. But I just declare this over your life. I don't care what you've done up to this point. Right here, you're here. Come on. You're here. You are living by faith. You're doing it. And may the Lord bless you today. As I close, I'll say it this way. There's a lot of negative things about the 18 months that we've just walked through. I get that. But I'll tell you one positive thing. I've seen a faith emerge in the church that just wasn't here two years ago. And yeah, maybe it's a smaller group, but there's a faith in His people that is so palpable and real to me. And it doesn't mean you'd ever want to go through what we've gone through ever again. I mean, some of you have walked through hell on earth. I get that. But in the midst of it all, there is a faith in this room I mean, even now, I, mean, I just feel it. It's so real. It's of substance. It has girth, right? It has weight to it. It's a faith that has emerged that I believe can move mountains. Things begin to happen in an atmosphere of faith. I've said this before. People don't like it, but I can tell. What, a lot of times what's going to happen or not happen in a room just by people coming through the doors, by the faith that is coming through those doors. Because signs and wonders happen in an atmosphere of faith. And that's what we've seen. That's what we're seeing here at LifeSpring in increasing measure. It's a genuine faith that has been tested, but also proved in the fire. Listen to this powerful scripture from 1 Peter. Pay attention to this, church. I think it will encourage you today. He says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. I mean, that's a sermon all in and of itself. (laughs) And into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. And in all this, you, life spring, greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, a faith that is of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, that your faith may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. And though you have not seen Him, you love Him. And even though you do not see Him now, you believe in Him. And you are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For what? You are receiving the end result of your faith. The salvation of your souls. Jesus. 
Jesus, 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 Jesus. Worship team, I'd invite you to come on up. Live stream, be encouraged today. Again, I don't know how you came in today, but be encouraged. You have a faith that is of greater worth than gold. And no one and nothing can take that away from you. It's a faith that will result in the salvation of your soul. I mean, come on, live spring. You have a pandemic-tested faith. If you can get through this, you can get through anything. So we got the holidays in front of us. We're right smack dab really in the middle of them. Could you just put yourself in a posture? Put yourself in a posture and atmosphere of receiving Receiving the gift of Jesus. Put your faith in Jesus, but receive and believe in Jesus. Again, for the first time or the thousandth time, that you would just let the gift of Jesus and the power of His Spirit to stir you and to fill you once again. And may a faith arise, not just from this church, but from the church, from the church of Christ that is all throughout this region, the Pacific Northwest, this country, and the world. Would a faith arise out of the church of God that even the gates of hell shall not prevail against. So at this time, I'm going to invite the ushers to pass out communion. Because here's the deal. Some of you, you just know that your faith, whatever faith you had, it has been attacked. And not just once, but again and again. And I think if you're feeling that way this morning, one thing from my, my heart as your pastor, I just wanted to encourage you in the faith you already have. But hear me out. I also believe this, and I've done this myself. In that place where you feel weak or where you feel like you don't have the faith, ask the Lord for more faith. As we receive communion today, ask the Lord for more faith. I love that guy who was like, Help me in my unbelief to believe, right? Be honest with the Lord wherever you're at today. Let Him fill you with the faith needed to walk through this season. You're human. You're going to have moments of being human. That really churchy church person that never sins, they'll tell you otherwise. But for the rest of us, come on, it's messy. And if you feel like you've just screwed up the whole thing, God isn't here to condemn you. He's here to save you. He loves you. And if you feel like you don't have much to bring or much to give, actually, all you have to do is receive and believe. The gift, actually, is one that you get to receive today. So again, just with a posture of receiving and believing, we want to take communion His body broken for us. His blood shed for us. I'm going to ask the worship team to sing this chorus real quick and then we'll go ahead and take communion together.
body of Christ broken for us some of you maybe this is for the first time you're saying Jesus I need you to come into my life to forgive me of my sins to make me new to make me brand new and to give me the hope the joy the peace the love the life that only you can bring and you're receiving him as Lord and Savior you're receiving him as King and you're believing he did what he said he would do which is to die, to pay the penalty, the price for our sins, for the forgiveness and freedom of everyone who would believe in him. So let's take the body together. And then as we take the blood represented by this grape juice, I I realize that some of us maybe for the first time are receiving the blood that washes away our sins, who makes us white as snow. But others of us, I want to encourage you. You maybe have been a Christian for a long time, but you you know you're just going through the motions. I, I want to declare this over your life. God has a plan for your life. And it's not just to go through the motions. This is an adventure. This is a good adventure. And it's got highs and it's got lows. It's kind of the good, the bad, the ugly, but it is so good to walk with Jesus And I believe the Lord wants to reignite the passion, the fire. He wants to spark the flame again in you. That you'd come alive and you would do all the things that God has prepared in advance for you to do. So let's receive the blood together, knowing that Jesus makes all things new. Let's receive together. Hallelujah. Amen. Would you stand with us, church? Let's sing worthy. Worthy is the Lamb. Hallelujah.